I'm Kevin. Let's get into it. Okay, today I'm going to talk about Buddhism because there is a lot to know, okay, about Buddhism. It never ends. However, it's actually very simple. It's a very simple religion and you can go down rabbit holes, but you're not necessarily going to know more than uh, the basic simplicity of what it is, right? So the basic fundamentals of Buddhism are quiet mind meditation and living a rational life. I would that's my kind of uh, basic thinking, right? Be rational, however, do meditation, and it focuses around meditation, but then. Obviously, you have to live in the world, so that's the other half of Buddhism, right? So you have a practice, your meditation, and then you have uh, living properly uh, in the real world. And obviously, if you're a monk, you commit more to meditation, which for a stretch can be good, I think. You know, I did that quite a bit. I wasn't a monk, but I did a lot of meditation you know, as much as I could. Well, not as much as I could, but it's, it's not always a thing you want to do all the time, right? It's, it's It has to be, you have to have a very deep um, desire and s desire to search. Um, yeah, you have to have a very inquisitive spirit. You have to want to investigate, investigate, investigate. And that's what, that's what will move you into the meditation. Intuitive, understanding, investigative spirit. That's what moves you towards meditation. But the simplicity of the way the books were read and how Buddha actually lived um, is very under, easy to understand. It's not, there's way less parables like uh, compared to Christianity. I'm not saying it's better than Christianity. I'm saying it's very, um, it's very simplistic, the way Buddha talks. Um, what life is about, what to do. It's very simple, right? There is parables in Buddhism, obviously, but uh, off the top of my head, I can't, you know, name them all, you know. But the meditation is a basic concept in Buddhism. And there's kind of the, what is it, like the tenfold path, and there's all these different ways to live and stuff. But from my reading of it, my understanding of it, like a 95% is a meditation in Buddhism. And if you can get that right, that part right, then you'll be off to. Uh, a larger understanding of reality. So, it, it was, I think, Gautama Siddhartha 
and he was in India, and he was a a, a, a prince uh, of a kingdom, and his parents were wealthy, and there's stories about he wanted to, you know, kind of leave the, oh man, I think I might be, yeah. There's different stories about when he was being raised as a prince, right? I think this is the right. But you believe, uh, just understanding life, you know. Um, then he decided he just had the intuitive search to investigate a reality, right? Because he was provided with everything and he felt uh, empty in a way spiritually empty or whatever you might say right and he was I think a young man starting off in life right he went to the forest and then he became like kind of uh, sickly because he wasn't eating properly he wasn't sleeping properly he wasn't staying clean and then he realized that his search, his search is going to take place. He's going to have to take care of himself. So then he realized, you know, I have to eat healthy, exercise, take care of my body. Kind of a balanced path, right? I think this is discussed in Buddhism too, the balanced path. And this lines up obviously with uh, Socrates as well too, but um, and then he meditated, and they say he'd... there's different kind of parables, and but he meditated and became enlightened, and then he laughed for seven days straight. That's what they said, right? I said, when he became enlightened, he laughed for seven days straight. And, and yeah. And then he started basically like, um, I'm not a historian, you know, this is just overview. But he just started like walking around and people asked him questions and he would answer them, right? And then uh, some scribes and stuff would record what he said. And he had a long, healthy life uh, touring around India. And uh, I don't know how far he walked, but I think he walked pretty far. And he would just live a simple life. He had a lot of people, the people that just started following him, right? And he would do teachings and kings and politicians and all these different people would ask him questions and it was recorded down. And then people wanted to learn from him. They wanted to do meditation as well. And there was this 
and then the I guess the religion of Buddhism, you know, that took took form and shape. Um, But they say you just walk really slowly, like put one half foot forward and another half foot forward like that. And he was uh, a very silent man. And I think he had one bowl and a rope. And there's kind of monks that they wanted to imitate that too. So they had one bowl and one rope. And he was a very plain spoken person, even in the presence of a king or when questioned by a king. He would just tell them plainly, and, you know, there's a lot recorded of what Buddha said, so you can go investigate that. But he talks a lot about having a silent mind, you know, a lot of your pain is uh, psychological. So, basically, if your mind is, if a lot of pain is psychological, then if you can turn off your mind, then you can have freedom from that, right? And with freedom comes bliss, and bliss, right? And other uh, side effects of having silent mind, right? And some monks have taken this to the extremes and just meditated for hours and hours, and Days and days in caves in Tibet and staring at the wall. And uh, done spinning wheels and singing bowls and om uh, bells. Um, That's what Buddhism became, right? But it all comes from Buddha's teachings. And he didn't even say he was special, right? He never, Buddha, I don't think he said he was a special person or a god. He was just talking about uh, enlightenment itself, right? Um... Buddhism. I would probably declare myself like a uh, Buddhist. It seems very just all I care about is meditation and being uh, being rational. Mm. There's not too many like set religious holidays. You know, there's not like a Um, is different. It's not something you like worship. It's just a practice and exercise and and you don't have to um, subscribe to anything really to be a Buddhist. The only thing you subscribe to is that quieting your mind helps you, right? Having control of your mind uh, can help you. Right, and that control comes partly from just being able to turn it off whenever you desire, right?
So it's very, in its essence, very simplistic practice. That's the fundamental right there. Like one fundamental, you could say it's meditation. And, uh, but, you know, a lot of the Buddhism has been, um, kind of, uh, misguided towards, um, saying you have to isolate yourself. You know, you don't have to become a monk. That's not, uh, that's not a reality. And it's better to stay in the world. Unless, of course, you, for a short term, uh, it's good to focus on one thing, obviously. But I think that's the purpose of being a monk is focus on one uh, full time uh, on one thing, right? There is massive benefit to this. But for the average person, you know, they have a career and they have obligations. The Buddhist Buddhism can be thrown in by a med meditation, maybe half an hour, a couple times a week, right? Even myself, uh, when I was younger, I used to do a lot, but then now, I try and do every day, but usually I don't end up doing it every day, but I try. It's maybe a couple times a week, but um, I specifically, I don't like doing meditation at home, so I try and do it in nature because I have way better benefits um, to being in nature and doing meditation. You know, my friends and a lot of people I know, and I still have done in the past a meditation at home, but if you want to go try and experiment, you go down beside a river or something, and you do your meditation every day or as much as possible uh, at a specific spot where you sit at, right? And you'll go and you'll see how meditation changes the landscape. How it makes, changes the energy of uh, that area. Right, just by you sitting there doing the meditation, you change the vibration of that land. Like permanently, it gets higher. It's, it's uh, other people will automatically want to just come and park their car and sit there, you know. It becomes more beautiful. And so that, and you can see this over time. It's not like uh, my crazy theory, but you can, you can imagine. And a lot of people talk about in a lot of different books, they say that at higher levels, um, you know, I don't know why I'm saying this, but 
you know, there's like it's a higher level of consciousness, which I don't think is a good description, but a higher level of blissful consciousness, being alive and present in the moment actually changes the fabric of the reality, right? Like a tree will become unbelievably beautiful. Um, there are stories in Buddhism that says that a regular stone will look like a beautiful gem. The most beautiful gem, right? When you, at these high level meditation, meditative states. And when the, when the meditative, uh, the monks, or average person, you don't have, you can just be whatever, but when you're so much in the moment and feel so alive and so good, you just can just stare at a tree and your mind is empty. And it's almost as if you become the tree, like you feel you're the tree and the tree's alive and you can feel it breathing and you can feel its nature, right? It's, uh, it's feminine nature. The tree, right? You can feel the tree going deep into the ground and being very strong and going high up into the air, right? And, and the meditative people have said that it seems like time stops, right? When you're in a real good meditation, Time stops, you actually see eternity, okay? Like eternity is right now, wherever you are, in the parking lot or wherever that place is, there's eternity there, but your mind has to slow down to, to connect with that, right? If your mind's too speedy, you're going to miss the moment because it'd be jumping ahead. That's what the mind is. The mind and thought is just time. That's it. It's mind, it's imagination. Mind and thought is time. And it's imagination and you're creating it yourself. And, um... A Buddhist try and learn how to turn that off and see eternity, right? So would, yeah, so Buddha would walk around and like hundreds of people would follow him wherever he went. He lived at like, uh, to like, I think 86 or something. And one time he insulted a princess, right? And this princess was, uh, came from powerful kingdom and she wanted to marry Buddha, right? But he said, Basically, I wouldn't touch you with a 10-foot pole. So I'm going to that effect, and she became... <laughs> he was trying to imply that, you know... Actually, that's, a not, that's not a good story, but... Anyways, he's insulted her, right? And then she... She 
uh, tried to come up with a way, I don't know if this is true or not, but come up with a way to take out the Buddha, right? You know, attack him. So the word was that she uh, hired these people to take out Buddha. And so Buddha, when he was walking, he was walking very slow and stuff like that. But um, the, the parable of the story was that he, uh, uh, somebody pushed a giant, giant rocks down up on the hill. And the rocks came down. And But Buddha's karma was so clean. And when your karma is clean, um, negative things basically can't happen to you, right? So... Um, the rock was coming, tried to take out Buddha, but his karma was so clean, it just, boom, it stubbed his toe. So he had a, a bruised toe from the rocks, from the attempt to take him out, right? And uh, that was kind of a parable talking about Buddha and uh, and karma, right? Because yeah, Buddhism talks a lot about karma. And, uh, you know, I think uh, karma and the Christ sin Christianity is basically the same thing. So, but karma is kind of more, it's a better explanation and easier to understand. Because karma would say that. Well, karma is tied into reincarnation, so you live forever, right? And karma would say that in your past lives, if you were very diligent and were successful or wealthy or whatever, that would you would uh, have those qualities in this life, right? So your past experiences affect you right now in your life. That you've chosen, right? It's a reincarnation. You can come as many times as you want. And you get to learn and do whatever you want until you want desire to find uh, enlightenment. And then enlightenment can take you back home, right? Enlightenment takes you back home. And. And if your karma is clean, then you can uh, you can stay in that uh, state for as long as you want, as long as you wish. And you have like uh, so karma. And karma could be like you can build up karma in a positive manner, right? That's basically what, what winners are doing. Winners are trying to win every day. Right? So they're building up all their tries, their attempts. You know, they're getting uh, karma in a positive fashion. All their successes, you know, because if somebody's trying, they're getting more successes than, probably getting more successes than somebody that isn't. But karma is just, I think, positive and negative.
things, actions you take, and if they benefit you, then you get good karma out of it, and if it it's, uh, doesn't benefit you, then you can get negative karma out of it. Simple, right? And how much effort you put in and whatnot determines kind of how far the karma goes. I'm just running and gunning, I'm not uh, reading anything or whatever, but um, I'm going to end the podcast soon, but uh, summer is coming, it's beautiful outside, and you know, in Western society, there's not many people that do meditate, right? So you think, oh, this is kind of a weird thing, but it's not, man, if you're from the East. Asia, India, you would just, oh, it's just a natural thing. Karma, uh, meditation, everybody knows about it. You know, small kids know about it when they grow up and... But, uh... Islam, Islamic people, they have... They come from meditation, their religion comes from meditation, but they do a prayer, you know, they're usually thinking, thinking, thinking when they're, when they're praying five times a day. So, my opinion would be that they will have way more benefit if they do silent prayer five times a day. No prayer, no mind, no thought. That's when they would kind of, you would go from a, Islamic fundamental to uh, like a Sufi Sufism, right? Because of people's karma, or sometimes you don't know what's going to benefit you the most, right? So you may think if you pray for this, pray for that. It's going to benefit you, but sometimes you don't know what's the best benefit for you. That's when it comes, you have a clean mind, and you can allow whatever is the best for you to come into existence. Because otherwise we pick up prayers that are given to us by the culture and the society and they may not be the best for us with skillful advertising and stuff you can come up with prayers that are not good for you in Christianity there's a lot of there's Christian mysticism and stuff like that, Christian sex. But um, there's a, it talks a lot about meditation in the Bible. If you look up the word meditation in the Bible, there's quite a bit. There's also talks about, you know, Jesus going away for 40 days, 40 nights in the forest. And that, in my opinion, would be like a meditation retreat, right? That would be what Buddha did. That would be what Buddha did. And Jesus was all obviously very smart, we can assume, right? 
So if you're praying, there's a lot of time that you're not spending your mind. It's possible, right? Even if you are Christian and you are praying, God, please help me with this, God, blah, blah, blah. You're talking to God. That's okay, right? You're creating. You're creating with your words. But just consider that, you know, if a giant wind comes, there's great power in this, right? And that, well, you can't talk about that wind. You can't, you know, it's, it's just there. And that wind probably has more power than you, than you can imagine. And if you realize the peace that you get from having a quiet mind, then you may be open to meditation. But that's fine, because this is a podcast about Buddhism, right? So I'm not trying to convert people. Um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I think I'm going to wrap it up. This Buddhism. So they said when Buddha became enlightened, he laughed for seven days straight. And there's something they call a cosmic joke. And a cosmic joke. Everybody sing, everybody dance, everybody know where they're going to go to. Everybody sing, everybody dance, everybody know where they're going to go to. Everybody sing, everybody dance, everybody know where you're going to go to. Everybody sing, everybody dance, everybody know where you're going to go to. Katie's gonna flash the bling bling. I'm gonna make the whole crowd sing I'm gonna put on a wedding ring Katie's gonna go on doing his thing I'm gonna keep it real 24-7 Katie's going on, you could call me Kevin I'll come to your town and I'll catch all your fish And then I'll go out and take out your miss Cause I'm never gonna get dissed Katie's gonna go and flash the wrist Cause I got the diamonds and the cash And Katie's gonna hit that ass and hit the hash I move real fast Everybody sing, everybody dance Everybody know where you're going to go to Everybody sing, everybody dance Everybody know where you're going to go to So it's party time, so have a time And flip that coin and spin my dime Put a quarter in your pocket and put a gear in the socket Cause you know that everybody's gonna party And you know that it's up to me to get it started It's Big Tasty, he's your MC tonight And everybody's gonna push and fight But when it comes down to it, it's gonna get real And everybody's gonna have a no big deal Because you know that you got sex appeal And it's Big Tasty Everybody sing, everybody dance Everybody know where you're going to go to Everybody sing, everybody dance, everybody know where you're going to go to.